get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. T-Bone on BK. You got BK and Ferrario here on 101 ESPN, and it's always a good day when I see that we've got Buster Olney on the guest list for the day. He's the Major League Baseball insider for both ESPN and ESPN.com. You, of course, see him on Sunday Night Baseball, which the Cardinals will be featured prominently in early on next season, including their game against the L.A. Dodgers, which will certainly be a lot of fun to watch. He joins us now via the 101 ESPN hotline. Buster, we appreciate the time as always, man. How you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I'm up here in Montana. It's minus 26 here this morning. Oh, oh, so uh, it's uh, a little chilly. <laughs> so, 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 Buster, the real question is, would you sit in that in the evening for an entire football game? <laughs> yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I, I just thoughts and prayers for all the players and the fans. <laughs> More importantly, the fans, because they don't have the, you know, the big war, you know, heaters sitting by the bench. Boy, that, that is going to be a test of, of, uh, of real fans versus just crazy people. Amen well, to that. Buster, I I was uh, offered tickets from my dad. I'm originally from Kansas City, born and raised there. I am, I am a Chiefs fan myself. And so I was offered tickets from my dad for free. Don't have to pay or anything to go to the game. And I said, no way in hell. No no chance. You could not pay me <laughs> enough money to sit outside for three and a half hours in that kind of weather. All right, we got to talk a little bit about the Cardinals, though. Uh, this weekend is the Cardinals winter warm-up where they do the whole uh, getting everybody excited. Fans are going to this big event uh, to kind of – Kickstart what is going to be the 2024 St. Louis Cardinals season. Buster, when you look back on what they have done this offseason thus far, what was your reaction to what they did with their rotation specifically? Yeah, so I, I think, look, Sonny Gray, there's no question, is an upgrade over what they had. You know, and, and when he's healthy, when he's right, he's going to be a ground ball machine. It'll be a nice fit for the, the team that they have. He's a guy who can front the rotation. Um, but, you know, when Lance Lynn and, and Gibson, I, I don't know if they necessarily upgraded that much. You know, and I – look, who am I? I'm just an idiot sports writer. I called some evaluators of the teams and asked them when I knew I was going to come on with you guys, hey, tell me what you think of the Cardinals' rotation. And what I got back was it looks like a lot of replacement-level type, type uh, additions that they made. Um, and some of the feedback that I got was about the pitching staff they're going to have to score a lot more runs, <laughs> you know, because the feeling is that if they're going to, you know, be a better team than they were last year, that part of the team, the lineup just simply has to step up from, you know, ranking 19th and runs scored to somewhere in the top 10, given the fact that they don't have a dominant pitching staff and there are no signs that that's necessarily going to take place in 2024. Buster, I know you have some familiarity with uh, with Sonny Gray. We've heard a lot about him and the person that he is coming to the Cardinals and the potential of what he could bring to this rotation. Can you shed some light onto that? Yeah, you know, and we both went to the same college, so I've known Sonny since he was a, I want to say, freshman, sophomore at Vanderbilt. 
And, I mean, he is a terrific leader, and he's a great team guy. And when he went into free agency or close to home in Tennessee, that he was going to wind up with the Braves or Cardinals. That seemed like a fate accomplished. So the idea that he wound up with the Cardinals is not a shock. He, he's he's going to be a great positive force for them. Um, I, I, you know, for me, a terrific heir apparent to what Adam Wainwright always brought to the table with the pitching staff because it always felt like – no matter what Adam was going through, he was going to be a you know positive voice in the clubhouse, and I think that's exactly what Sonny's going to be. Buster, how do you how do evaluators look at Sonny Gray? Because I I think there's kind of mixed reviews here locally, where a, a lot of fans say, yeah, I like Sonny Gray a lot. I, I don't know that he's a number one starter though. And then you see like the Major League Baseball top ten right now from MLB Network, they had him tenth on their list of the best starters right now in Major League Baseball. His numbers over the last few years certainly put him in that kind of regard. How do you how do you how do evaluators view him relative to his peers? Yeah, and I think that fans maybe their perspective on him is colored by uh, you know what happened with him in the Yankees. He was just not comfortable in New York. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know the Yankees sort of uh, you know they when they traded for him they hoped that he would be a guy who would be the front of their rotation. They thought he absolutely had the right stuff to do that. Um, but then, you know, as, as Sonny got booed when he had some bad outings, he just didn't react very well to that. And if you guys remember, there was a trade deadline. There was some speculation. Maybe the Yankees would trade him. And then I think what they learned after the fact was is that he probably would have been comfortable moving someplace else, and they shut him down for the rest of that season, basically. Um, I, I just think that there's some players who are – you know, a good fit in New York and some who are not. And I do feel like that when people talk about him, you know, they, they, they take, in, take, take that year into account as opposed to look at all else that he's accomplished. And he's led pitching staffs. You know, when he was with Oakland, uh, you know, he, he had big games against guys like Justin Verlander. He was terrific last year with the Minnesota Twins. I, I, I think that if he didn't have that blip of a time in New York, he would be looked at as being, you know, by uh, all the way around, as being one of the best pitchers in baseball. St. Louis is not New York, and I understand that no. on the front end in terms of a media market. However, the, the expectations are exceptionally high when you're playing for the Cardinals, more so probably than in Cincinnati or in Minnesota. How do you feel like he will fit into this market, Buster? Very well. Um, and he does remind me a lot of Adam in terms of his personality, in terms of uh, you know someone who's going to take responsibility at the front end of that rotation. I think he'll be good there for whatever reason. I mean, let's face it. If you're playing for the Yankees and you're a star player who, who comes in from the outside, you're going to get booed. Juan Soto is going to get booed by Yankee fans probably on opening day at Yankee <laughs> Stadium. He strikes out his first plate appearance. And, you know, Sonny's going to have a lot longer leash with the fans in St. Louis. And, uh, you know, I think he'll just go back to – he'll continue to be one of the best pitchers in baseball. So, so, so uh, Buster, I know you talked about how, you know, it feels like the Cardinals very underwhelming. The talk, though, of course, is the Central has not done anything in the National League. No. Do you still feel like this Cardinals team could do damage, or do there need to be upgrades if they want to go anywhere? Well – I think that they need uh, some of their young players to establish themselves once and for all in the big leagues. You know, whether whatever you know, this will be the year that they really need Jordan Walker to come out and hit 30 home runs uh, and to establish himself. They need Dylan Carlson to establish himself and Brendan Donovan and et cetera, Lars Newbar. And I, and I think one thing that's going to help with that 
is that they need to make decisions. When you look at the Cardinals over the last five years, and we write, you know, 10 years from now, we write, okay, what happened with the Cardinals uh, from 2018 to 2023? I think the one thing we can say is they really didn't do a good job at making hard decisions on their young players. You know, a couple of weeks ago, the, the Atlanta Braves traded Vaughn Grissom, who's a you know, talented young player, to the Red Sox for Chris Sale, in part because they felt like, you know what, Grissom's not going to fit here. We already have a second baseman under contract. We got a shortstop under contract. We traded for uh, Jared Kelnick. So we want to take advantage of that player's value while he still has value. And what you see with the Cardinals is this drip, drip, drip erosion of the value of some of these young players. I think it's important this year that the Cardinals settle on what they're going to do with these, you know, with these guys that they have. Uh, and then if you know, they feel like that you know, player X or player Y isn't necessarily their first choice, then be aggressive and move them and take advantage of the value in a way that the, the uh, Braves did with Vaughn Grissom. It's so interesting you make that point. That's something right after we saw that move was made, uh, Buster. I, I don't know that the Cardinals could have done something similar for Chris Sale specifically, but we talked about how that's something that the Cardinals haven't done and that they need to do. They need to be, be yep. aggressive to get some upside into this rotation, and that's what I wanted to ask Buster Olney of ESPN.com about next. When I look at this Cardinals rotation, I, I love Sonny Gray at the front end. I, I think they've got plenty of depth now that they've been able to accumulate. Yeah, their replacement level but at least they know where their innings are coming from this season. I question who's that number two guy. I, I don't think you have the upside going into a playoff series against the Dodgers, against the Phillies, against the Braves to be able to stack up one through th- three in your rotation compared to them. The place where they could find that buster is potentially on the trade market, but yeah. not many of these guys have been moved thus far. What are you hearing from other teams about if there is any movement that is expected to happen on the starting pitching trade market prior to spring training. So basically what you hear from other teams is, is that if you're going to get Corbin Burns at the Brewers, you're going to have to go in there with a, a pick and a shovel and a whole boatload of prospects and pry him away from the Brewers. Uh, and let's face it, it becomes more complicated if you're in the division. Uh, if you want to talk about Shane Bieber, you know, the Cleveland Guardians probably have as good of a trade record as any team in baseball in the last uh, 10 to 15 years. You're going to have to go and pry them out of there. Dylan Cease is going to get traded. But the problem for the Cardinals um, and, you know, any team involved in this is that it's a really competitive situation. You've got the Dodgers involved, the Yankees, even after signing Stroman yesterday, they're going to continue to monitor the, you know, Cease uh, trade conversation. You're going to have to outbid teams. And that's, you know, it takes me back to what my point about the erosion of value in the young players. You know, let's say if, if we turn back the clock and two years ago they made a hard decision on Dylan Carlson where they were to say, you know what, we, we don't see him fitting into our outfield. We've got this, you know, Walker coming up. We've got this player, and we want to make a decision while his value is still at its highest. Um, they would have been in a much better position. I don't know if they necessarily – you know, unless they want to dig into their their uh, best prospects in minor leagues, right now uh, are, would be able to do that. Um, I always think that there's a disconnect between you know what fans believe the value of a former number one pick like Carlson is in this moment uh, compared to how the industry views them, because we've seen the erosion of their performance in their years in the big leagues the last uh, since 2021, 22. 
in your opinion, Buster, what's the value of a Nolan Gorman in a trade? Because that's the one I've brought up a lot, that if they want to get a starting pitcher, that might be the point that they got to get to. Yeah, uh, I, I, the one thing I'd say, you know, I hear a lot about the Cardinals guys is is that the, de- the defensive challenges mitigate the value. Uh, and, I, and I can't prospects uh, differently. Uh, I agree with you. I think he's, a, again, if he's not going to be in there, you know, for 500 plate appearances, make a decision on him. Move him. That's, uh, it's clear that with Tyler O'Neill, it felt like they just moved too slowly. Yep. And they were always waiting for more. Like the, we, we wondered if they were going to be trading him, and they were like, well, we, we need more value for him. Well, you're not going to get more value. It, that, that's not coming right. as you hold on to a guy longer. Or with Dylan Carlson, like you mentioned, we, we need more value for him. Okay, but as you continue to put him on the bench as your fourth outfielder, teams are going to see that and say, okay, well, they don't view him as a starting outfielder. Why should we? It, it's strange the way that they continue to hug on to not just their prospects, but guys that are on the cusp of the big league. And one of the things... Things that's the backdrop to all of this right now, Buster, is uh, this is a league-wide thing, but it is specific to the Cardinals as well. The RSN situation where these teams don't know where that money is going to be a year, two years, three years down the road. The Cardinals president, uh, team president, Bill DeWitt III, made some comments the other day to John Denton of MLB.com basically saying, hey, listen, we're, we're basically at our max capacity right now when it comes to our payroll because of the uncertainty that's on the horizon with these RSNs. What are you hearing on that front, Buster? What, how much of an impact is that, those, are those RSNs having, whether it's for the Cardinals or elsewhere, with teams and what they're doing this offseason? Yeah, so the point was made to me actually by a baseball executive yesterday that, uh, you know, a lot of the owners, you know, have built their fortunes uh, because they're relatively conservative with their money, right? They're careful with their managing their money in the business that, that got them into the situation, and they're going to want more certainty with the, with the TV situation. Now, without going into the weeds of it and the particulars, there is an expectation in the industry is that we are going to have clarity before the start of the season, you know, maybe in the next few weeks uh, about the RSNs and what's going to happen going forward. And when that happens, I do think that with some teams, the Texas Rangers are looked at as the primary example of this, you're going to see a loosening of the purse strings and you will see more money available. Um, early in this offseason, there's no doubt some teams like the Rangers – have been careful because they want to make sure that the TV situation uh, is in a place of certainty for them. And, and just to you know, double back and finish up the point uh, about the young prospects, it's not only you, know, you keep a guy in the big league roster as a fourth outfielder and his value goes down, his service time continues to go up, yeah. <laughs> which is a huge problem because, I mean, shoot, you've seen in, in, uh, in recent years – Teams absolutely do what they can to hoard the guys with you know zero to two year service time while making harder decisions on three and four. That's what's been disappointing about the Cardinals that they've had a number of these young players uh, accumulating service time without hard decisions being made on what role they're going to play with the team. Buster, final question that I've got for you, and this will go more to the National League as opposed to just the Cardinals. I I respect your history of the game as much as anybody, and when you look at what the Dodgers are doing right now in terms of the accumulation of talent, uh, where's this stack up for you in terms of the best teams that you've seen assembled with star talent? I mean, it's right up there, Uh, you know, right near the top. You know, I covered the 98 Yankees for the New York Times. That 
you know, for me, is going to go down in history as the greatest team ever. And, to, you know, they won 125 games, including the postseason. Uh, you know, and at the core of that team, you had all those young players, you know, the Jeters and the Posadas and Andy Pettit, Mariana Rivera, who came up through their farm system. That's kind of what the Dodgers have done. They have mastered the ability to, to, to draft and develop players, you know, Will Smith and Walker Bueller. Um, and on top of that, they have the financial resources to go out and get a Mookie Betts uh, and a Freddie Freeman and to sign Shohei Otani. Uh, they, they maximize their excellence at all levels. Um, I would say, though, if you were to, you know, it's kind of a fun barroom conversation uh, where, you know, you can ask, would you take the Dodgers or would you take the other 29 teams to win or to win the World Series? I would take the other 29 teams. Yeah. I think Dodgers are going to win a ton of games this coming year, but I still have questions about their rotation. And we know how the baseball postseason works, right, Buster? Like yes. the, the, the Arizona Diamondbacks <laughs> just got to the World Series, so who, who knows? I'll, I'll take the other 29. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Hey, Buster, appreciate the time as always, man. It's great to catch up with you. Uh, be careful out there in Montana with the negative 30-degree temps. Hopefully we'll talk with you again soon as we get closer to the baseball season. All right, guys. Always fun. Thank you. Thanks, Buster. You got it. That's Buster Only, one of the best in the business, MLB insider for ESPN and ESPN.com.